there is a collection of new paintings and sculptures and uh, in multi-layered laser-edged perspex installation in the middle of the room. On top of this, there's a 45-minute score produced by sound designer Koskin. And then on top of that, there's two digital works using LiDAR scans that were taken inside the glacial caverns of Vatnajökull on the south coast of Iceland. So how has been the reception so far? Yeah, good. Lots of people, lots of a very broad audience, which is good. How did you come up with the concept and what drew you to Iceland for this piece? It's been three years of heavy logistics and from <laughs> yeah, concept to execution, it's been a long process. Uh, Iceland's always in- intrigued me. It's a very primordial landscape, kind of uh, depicting the raw terraforming elements that made up our current epoch. It's a stunning alien world. You talked about it's been a long process. So from concept to the physical exhibition being put on, can you give us a bit of a rough estimate of how long that's taken? Three years. Three years? Yep. Do you have a favourite piece at all? Um, I've worked on all of them so long that it's uh, hard for me to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about a bit of the music. So what made you want to have a piece of 45-minute music to go along with the, with the exhibition? Having a sonic element to marry alongside the visual side of things, um, yeah, creates way more immersion and way more engagement for the viewers. Some people are audially driven, some people are visually driven. So when you've got multiple anchor points, uh, people seem to take on board what you're trying to say a little bit easier. So what did that composition process look like? I worked closely with uh, Moritz Ziesner, who's based out of Berlin. He's a field recording wow. artist. And uh, whilst in Iceland, he recorded uh, with a hydrophone inside of uh, Vatnajökull Glacier, uh, amazing 196 kilohertz sound bites, which have then been, because they're recorded at such high quality, you can slow them down and their echoes of laser pinging, solid state hydrogen cracking. Oh, wow. The friction between the ice, the subtle nuance of... Um, yeah, seals, oh, seals. <laughs> breaching for air, and it's pretty amazing what it sounds like underwater and inside, yeah, such ancient frozen structures. It's quite a immersive, eerie piece. There's, uh, yeah, many different elements to it. It's, some parts are quite spatial, other parts are quite, yeah, immersive with very deep um, rumblings and tectonic movements if you will. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's a 45-minute journey. journey that accompanies uh, also a visual traversing of how I see those terraforming elements. When did you decide to first travel to Iceland? Uh, it's always been on my list probably about five years ago. And um, I've always been massively intrigued by how different the landscapes are. Like every five kilometres, it completely changes. The geological structures uh, range from amazing pyroclastic flow into basalt columns that look like they're sculpted (laughs) into icy tundras, mossy hills. Uh, There's not much tree life they say if you get lost in iceland in a forest just stand up because everything's very microflora what did you learn about iceland's climate from that experience uh going in the deep of winter 
with uh, a window of three hours sunlight. It was uh, very interesting, especially doing long hikes to get to these certain points to take the LiDAR scans and recordings. Yeah, a lot of hiking in the dark uh, <laughs> in sub-zero temperatures <laughs> and uh, trying to catch that window of sunlight. Also capturing a lot of drone footage for the film that's airing tonight at 6 to 8 p.m. at No Vacancy. Uh, yeah, there was lots of... Uh, troubles with wind and weather conditions trying to um capture all those elements on a on a timeline in the darkness, <laughs> in the darkness. <laughs> so why is this issue meaningful to you i feel within the construct that is iceland you can gauge how quickly things are changing with the rapidly decreasing glacier systems like I went there at the start of my trip and the ice caves completely changed within a oh, two-month wow. period. So taking LiDAR scans from then and then when I went after as well, they're completely different. So do you think at the moment climate change is taken seriously, saying that you've seen these glaciers change in such a short period of time? I think we're still disillusioned under the veil of progress, if you will, and kind of marching towards the capitalistic drum. <laughs> but um, hopefully, uh, yeah, the veil gets lifted and people realise that uh, there's some pretty interesting things happening rapidly that are going to affect us all within the near future. What would you like to see change? Um, it's very hard to break down systems that have been anchored for you know the last 40 years. But, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate dance trying to work backwards while thinking forwards. So moving back to your exhibition, what mediums were used to create the work slash works? Within the show, there's a series of 32 paintings and then a sculptural piece in the middle, which is made from extruded PLA and stainless steel. Uh, There's also multi-layered laser etched sculptures as well. And within the painting side of things, I collected water samples whilst, whilst on the glacier in Iceland and then mixed them into the pigments. Oh, wow. To create, yeah, a little time capsule of, um, yeah, for people to take home or, you know, a bit more immersion. So you talk, you've talked a bit about LIDAR technology to map the landscape. Yeah, taking LIDAR scans to then yeah, extrapolate the data into 3D modelling programs like Blender and into Unity, uh, Game Engine, when then, um, yeah, running fly-throughs through the ice caves and then, yeah, incorporating elements of particle physics and, yeah, long, <laughs> long process. <laughs> but, yeah, whilst capturing the LiDAR data, it, uh, it proved to be very tricky because it's bouncing, it's trying to take information off something that's translucent. So you can see three or four metres in through the solid-state hydrogen. So the anchor systems of where it's calling a solid wall was uh, very tricky to hone in. <laughs> How long did you spend in Iceland? I spent two months hiking and gathering data and then one month in the studio in a small fishing village called Stolvafjöra. <laughs> and it's a very remote town on the east coast, about as far as you can get from the capital of Reykjavik. Um, yes, yeah, st- st- stunning. Just awe-inspiring landscapes with not many people and reindeers and puffins. <laughs> <laughs> So this took you three years. Did COVID extend the length of your piece? Definitely. Uh, it was tricky leaving, <laughs> for one. <laughs> and, yeah, logistically it made it a little bit harder. I had to wait for things to ease up before being able to go there and 
complete the initial stages. You hoping to get this done a few years back or did it kind of all emulate before COVID or like after? Uh, it was in the planning progress before COVID and then, yeah, there was a slight time delay like in everyone else's lives when um, things were put on hold, when we're stuck yeah. in uh, this remote island of Terra Australis, <laughs> <laughs> detached from the rest of the world. So you've already talked about time having a bit of a challenge on this piece. Apart from that, what other challenges did you experience while working? Um, yeah, a lot of time, a lot of constraints with weather. Whilst capturing the footage for the film, my the first time I put my drone up, it just flew off. Oh no! Because the <laughs> the winds are crazy and really unpredictable. Also, yeah, rain, fog. Um, yeah, light, lack of light. Also taking vitamin D pills every day so um, your mental stability <laughs> stays intact because there's not much sun. <laughs> what do you hope individuals will gain from experiencing teratherma? I hope people start to think on larger timescales. And as our um, the small devices that we all have in our hands reduce our dopamine to very impatient little flicks <laughs> while scrolling for you know the next yep. hit, it's, I think it's important to take a step back and think bigger picture rather than just what's happening in front of you. And in order to do that, looking back, yeah, looking backwards can help you in the way you look forwards. Is there a more specific me- message you hope they may take away along, alongside that? Um, if you come to the artist Q&A tonight, there will be a chance for you to delve deeper with your own personal questions. That's from 6 to 8 p.m. at No Vacancy Gallery, hosted by Jack Rowland, who runs In Too Deep podcast. So what would be your advice to younger emerging artists? Uh, Don't be scared to do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Don't conform to formulas that you think will work for other people's gain, I think. Yeah. Commit to what gives you dopamine and passion. Have you struggled with conforming in the past? Uh, not really. I've, even if it's the not so the path of least resistance, I think it's better to put in that work and try and grind through the, you know, just taking the easy route isn't always the best route. How does arts and culture play a role in science communication? I think giving people a platform that makes it more digestible Like a lot of people's brain systems and synapse connections aren't wired for certain scientific engagement. So art's kind of a bridging platform for that, for people to start to get immersed and get intrigued without feeling alienated by large words and, you know, 10,000 word papers on things they don't understand. So you have pitched it already, but let's make sure that people know where can they find your exhibition. It's at No Vacancy Gallery in QV, uh, right next to Daiso. And (laughs) the show's on till Saturday. There's a closing event from 6 to 8 p.m. Also tonight, like I said before, there's an artist talk from 6 to 8 p.m. And what's next for you? I'm going to traverse uh, the volcanoes of the South Pacific. Oh, Wow. In Ambai and Tana, which are located in the Vanuatu archipelago.